What up? We are back once again today. It is time to get the ball rolling. Once again, we are back again in the studio today. I hope all of your uh, Saturday is going as good as mine. I was able to wake up, uh, watch some college football game day, uh, and, you know, just get on with my Saturday. Super excited uh, to be able to watch a little bit of that. I woke up a little bit early. It's still going on. So uh, hoping to uh, reach out to everybody on on this Saturday and uh, provide you with a team that we've been impressed with and uh, is really starting to get a lot of national recognition. And I think uh, it's one of the most intriguing stories probably that will play out over the next two or three decades even. Uh, I've heard about this team. Uh, I mean, obviously you guys have seen the episode title, but um, I've heard about SMU uh, for a very long time. And I heard about, you know, the death penalty and, and what it specifically did and, and what did it, I mean, the crippling effect that it had on a, on a complete organization. And that was back, I mean, they handled down the, the death penalty, I believe it was in 1987. And uh, we're barely starting to see the effects of that wear off. And it, it amazes me uh, to see what, what has transpired uh, in that time. So we're going to get into it. We're going to explain to you guys what that was, what exactly happened. And uh, and then we're going to, you know, obviously this SMU team is now 5-0. and We're going to break down uh, their schedule. And uh, we'll kind of give you guys a little bit more of a prediction. I'm going to be honest here. I did not see these guys being as good. They've already proven me wrong now uh, two times. So, I mean, of those two times, uh, I mean, I had them at three and two right now. Right now they're five and oh. So congratulations to them. So for those of you guys who don't know, the death penalty uh, is a result of recruiting violations the majority of the time. Uh, There hasn't been a death penalty really laid down on a school since SMU, I mean the death penalty per se. Now, uh, we know that Penn State, uh, during the Sandusky trial and stuff like that, and Joe Paterno and, and, and all those, uh, what happened there, uh, they were sanctioned very harshly. However, it was not the death penalty. Uh, also, USC uh, was caught up in some recruiting violations as well. Um, However, they did not hand down the death penalty, uh, again, the death penalty by, you know, quote-unquote. And uh, right now, Missouri uh, is not allowed to play in any postseason play. So that's the most recent this year. And uh, obviously, Penn State in, in USC in, in, re- in more recent years as well. So, uh, But we're going to talk about it. So what was going on was... You know, Dallas it, during the 19, well, from the 70s to the 80s, it hit uh, a boom, right? Well, I guess early 70s, and uh, it was going through a big metamorphosis from a small town in Texas into what it is today. Uh, it was urbanizing fast, and uh, really a lot of industry was going down to Texas and stuff like that. Well, uh, the university, Southern Methodist University, took advantage of this, knowing that it was becoming an attractive spot uh, to a lot of people. and. Uh, in order to do so, uh, these you know coaches and boosters and stuff, they started to pay uh, for these 
kids to come. So instead of uh, you know going to a team like Arkansas or Texas A&M, which were really strong during the time, they were going to Southern Methodist, and uh, they said that uh, some of the you know 21 players received around sixty-one thousand dollars in payments. Uh, the payments would range from uh, as small as twenty-five to fifty dollars. <clears throat> to upwards of around $800. So uh, they don't necessarily have all of the specifics. A lot of people um, that were involved in this, some of them have came out and said this was going on. Some of them have, have denied it to this day. Uh, but as you guys know, I know we're getting into you know the, the likeness and image now, but these people were directly paying them. The university and the boosters were directly paying them, which is a little bit different than what the bill California just passed. So they're paying these players to come. Uh, of the most notable, uh, I mean, they call them the Pony Express, uh, the, the, the backfield of the future Pro Hall of Fame uh, members, Eric Dickerson and Craig James, uh, they had a tie against Arkansas, and that was the only blemish on their record in the 1982 campaign, and that was against Arkansas. Uh, they were the only undefeated team in the nation, so these guys were just, I mean, these guys were world beaters. However, uh, the NCAA started to look into it uh, back in 1985. Uh, they did not stop, so they so they did sanction them uh just like I, I kind of imagine it like a recruiting violation sanctions or whatever uh, down on, uh, you know, like USC. They put they put some sanctions, you know, took away some scholarship, maybe took away practice time, maybe a full time position coach. Well, they realized that they were still uh, doing this. And so in 1987, their entire season was canceled. They did not play um, despite having those players. They did not play on that 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 year. And then. Uh, they were only allowed to do conditioning drills for the for for 1987. So uh, 1986 they played in their games. Uh, 1987 they weren't allowed to play, and then 1990 or 1988 uh, all the home games were canceled. So uh, they really threw a wrench into obviously revenue and. Uh, I guess ticket sales and stuff like that, right? And then. Uh, they were also so they so they were allowed to play all of their away games. So they played seven away games uh, in that year. The probation extended into the nineties. Uh, SMU lost fifty five uh, scholarship positions. Uh, so if you can think about it, I I imagine uh, a college football team. Um, a big college football team. Now at this time, it may have been a little bit different, but around you know eighty uh, eighty people that are on a football team, right? Maybe 75 if you had to get it down a little bit. So 55, that means only, we'll go on the low end, that means that only 20 players had a scholarship. And that doesn't mean that they were full ride scholarships. So the only incentive to go to college, I mean, now it's a little bit different because we're going, you know, obviously California's passing laws and stuff like that, but was to get an education, uh, was that scholarship that they could, that they didn't have to pay any money to get their education. Well, they took 55 scholarships away. Uh, it does not break it down into, uh, you know, partial scholarships or full time scholarships uh but that is a lot of scholarships also uh they cut back uh they only had full five full-time assistant coaches and then no off-campus campus recruiting was permitted until 1988 
and no paid visits could be made to the campus by potential recruits until uh, the start of the 1988 uh, football season. So uh, for those of you guys who don't know with recruiting, uh, it's really kind of an interesting race, right? You have to have a really different mindset. Obviously, uh, exposure to national media is going to be a big influencer, uh, full ride, partial scholarship, whatever. Obviously, scholarship plays into it. a culture fit as well. Uh, and then obviously how much they want you and stuff. And you're never going to, I mean, if you're not from that Dallas area, uh, say that I'm super good at football here in, in Utah and I am looking at going to SMU, I'm not going to fly to Dallas and check it out. I want to be recruited by, you know, teams around here. Well, that really hindered, uh, SMU that, that I honestly think, I mean, the scholarships was a big deal because they couldn't offer anything to the kids, but then they couldn't get kids to the campus. So they couldn't go out. So they had to basically sit back, sit in the coaching office, and just hope that some of these potential players would just walk into the the, the the campus and talk to them. They could talk to them when they were on campus. However, they were not permitted to go outside of the campus, and then they weren't even allowed to pay for the players to come and check it out. Sometimes they, uh, they'll they allow players, they'll pay for their expenses, like, you know, uh, to fly them down there or whatever, and then... Uh, you know, tour the campus, go through the facilities, meet some teachers, professors, you know, the, the captains take them out. So it, it really is really hindered, right? It was basically uh, one of the guys, I believe it was uh, one of the Lombardis, uh, said that it was like an atomic bomb. And and no kidding. I mean, if you, if you think about it, like that is, that's huge. I mean, it just completely blew up the world uh, for this SMU program. And uh, during that year, I mean, in 1980, Ron Meyer was was the football coach, and uh, he was the one that was, uh, you know, first a little shady. And I've heard about this literally from my entire life from so many people is when BYU beat SMU in the holiday bowl. SMU was, you know, supposed to be amazing. Now this wasn't during the pony express backfield, uh, obviously of Eric Dickerson, but uh, they lost the game to BYU. And then in 82, 83, 84, they all went to uh, games, the sun bowl, Aloha bowl and the whole, and and the Cotton Bowl, sorry, and uh, they they won two of the three. They beat Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and they lost to Alabama in '83. And then, obviously, in '87 is when they handed down the sanctions. Really, '85 is when it started. '87 they reinforced it, and uh, from 1987 to 2009 they did not uh, participate in a bowl game. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, I mean, that's not that bad. Uh, I think, you know, 25 years later, they finally get back to a bowl game. I mean, congratulations that they got back. Uh, June Jones uh, pulled them to the Hawaii Bowl to, to beat Nevada. But it was really sad that they had to go that, that many years. And you think about it, uh, a lot of football is the driving force behind a lot of major athletic departments, right? Um the the universities that have a football program, uh, their athletics are 99.99% better. Now, there are obviously some cases where uh, the football program, they don't have one, and, and another sport is really big, but really the football program brings in so much money uh, just because, I mean, think about the, the, the size of the stadium, uh, the boosts or season tickets, uh anything that goes into football and people want to watch football. Uh, not very many people. I've never, I'm going to be honest. I've never watched an SMU basketball game. So that just tells you. And I, and I watch a ton of college basketball as well. So you, you start to think of in, in revenue and stuff like that really blew it up. Uh, they were able to get back. Uh, June Jones did well from 2009 to 2012. Uh, and then 
They ended up letting him go in 2014 was his last season after a 1-11 uh, campaign, which was kind of a, a sad. I remember, uh, it's kind of crazy that I remember these uh, these games and stuff like that. Uh, but anyway, so now these SMU Mustangs, they have, I believe they haven't started 5-0 since that 1984 campaign with uh, Eric Dickerson. So it really... I mean, they're really starting. They've 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 gotten through the dark ages, if you want to call that. And a lot of people are saying they're back. That uh, Dallas is a very attractive market. Once again, uh, you're getting exposure. Uh, they're able. I mean, they were able to beat TCU, which TCU in recent years have been really really good uh, under. Uh, uh, Patterson there, Coach Patterson there. So really kind of an interesting little tidbit, right? And uh, they hired Sonny Dykes uh, in 2018. Uh, this was kind of, uh, I was surprised that uh, absolutely that Cal let Sonny Dykes go. I thought he was doing a tremendous job there uh, after Chad Morris was fired. Um, and then, so last year they went five and seven. Uh, they had a couple of, of, of times at the end of the year last year, they lost to Tulsa by just three points. I remember watching that game. They lost to Cincinnati in overtime. And uh, so they had opportunities. So, so those are two games. I mean, you flip the script, they're seven and five, potentially even eight and five if they win their bowl game. And we're totally talking about a, a totally different person, right? Um, and so going forward, I was looking into this season. I was going to be really conservative. Uh, however, I think Son Sonny Dykes is a great head coach. Uh, we're going to break down their schedule, uh, where we thought they were at the beginning of the year, where we think that this team might go going forward, and can they make it? I mean, realistically, can this team make it to the American Athletic Conference Championship? We will have all those answers for you guys coming up next after the ad break. Listen to it, uh, and then we will be breaking down the SMU Mustangs 2019 football campaign. Stay tuned. And we're back talking about the SMU 2019 football campaign. Now, uh, to start off the season, I actually uh, took... Uh, them to beat Arkansas State. Uh, I thought that they'd get this. This I saw that they go six and six this year. So this tells you how far off I was. I did have them losing to North Texas though. Um, I don't know why. I was just really uh, impressed with North Texas what they did last year and what they could do this year. And uh, I had them losing to TCU. So that's where I said at the uh, in the other segment. That it was, uh, I had them going three and two. Well, they're five and zero, oh, and uh, the Arkansas State game was close. The TCU game was close. It was a really good game. Uh, that that TCU SMU game, I watched uh, almost the entirety of that game. It was one of the more intriguing games that were that was on. It was a, uh, I believe there's like a, a skillet that they fight for, the silver skillet or the golden skillet or something. Uh, SMU was able to get the win, so I was impressed with that. They brought back nine starters on defense and seven on offense, which is one of the highest in the American Athletic uh, Conference. And now looking forward, well. On this side, out of the American Athletic West, we kind of have two upstart teams, and that is the Tulane Green Wave, whom we've talked about on this podcast multiple times, how I've been impressed with Justin McMillan, uh, yada, 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 right? And uh, really, SMU is looking good. Now, uh, if you look at it, Tulane does have one loss, and that was to Auburn. And uh, you're, if you look at the teams that were predicted to go above them was Memphis and and Houston. Uh, Houston obviously lost to Tulane, so, uh, and Derek King is now sitting out the year. Um, they have a lot of potential fallout out of that, and, and Dana Holgerson 
saying that they're still going to be fighting this season, but it could be a potential uh, a downturn, I guess, if you, if you want to say that. Um, and they have a really, really tough schedule. I mean, they pull, I mean, Houston pulls Cincinnati uh, and UCF, and they still have to play Memphis. Uh, they still have to play SMU. And so, like, I mean, it's going to be a tough road for for Houston. Uh, and then... So all, all, I really think SMU, Tulane, and Memphis is now kind of the leaders uh, going forward. Now, uh, obviously, SMU has only played one conference game. Uh, we're just looking at a small sample size inside the conference, but uh, obviously they've been playing well, and they, like I said, they were able to beat uh, TCU, so that's a big indicator on the road, too, uh, in Fort Worth. So up next, uh, the SMU Mustangs take on the Tulsa uh, Golden Hurricane, right? And I think that this team, uh, Tulsa surprised me by beating Wyoming, and it was uh, Wyoming had to go to Tulsa, and they ended up losing, which was impressive that, you know, Tulsa was able to get the win. Uh, Tulsa did beat SMU last year, and honestly, right now, everything... SMU has everything to lose in this in this game. Uh, right now they're five and zero. I don't think they're ranked in the AP top twenty five, but they have received votes. So if they get the win, they're most likely going to be uh, getting votes. And they haven't. I mean, they haven't been ranked since nineteen eighty six. So uh, we're talking about a team that really wants it. Uh, they want to prove it. I think they have the personnel. I think Sonny Dykes is a coach to do it as well. So I'm, I am I think they're going to win this weekend. Uh, even though Tulsa is coming off of a bye, I think they're out for revenge and it's at home. Uh, afterwards, they're going to take a step aside. They're going to have a bye week. Uh, I think this comes at a perfect time because the next three games are really uh, big conference games for them. And two of them are on the road. So they take on Temple. Now Temple is at home. And I really don't know what to think of the Temple Owls uh, this year. They were able to... Uh, beat Maryland, who you guys, you guys know, uh, how good Maryland was the first two weeks. I mean, absolutely obliterating, uh, Howard. I know it's Howard, but absolutely obliterating Howard and Syracuse. Well, Temple stopped them in week three. Uh, it was at home. They won there. Uh, but then they go on the road to Buffalo and they lose, uh, and I know in, in, in three weeks, obviously, uh, Temple plays uh, East Carolina on Thursday, or they played them on Thursday because this is a Saturday podcast, well, uh, which I think Temple's going to win. But it looks like they don't play very well away from home. Now, if they struggle against East Carolina on the road, then I'm going to say they're going to struggle against SMU, and SMU will get the win. They'll be 7-0. and uh, Again, and then on October 24th, they do a quick turnaround, uh, SMU does, where they had to go on the road Thursday night at Houston. Now, again, if they are 7-0 going into this Houston game, they have everything to lose. And it seems like almost a perfect storm uh, for an upset. I know it's crazy to think because I had uh, Houston in my top 25 as an upset, but uh, Houston has to play Cincinnati. Uh in two weeks, they had to play at UConn, so they're going to be coming off of 99.9% win at UConn, and they're going to play SMU, and that's really where we're going to first learn a lot about this SMU team. They beat TCU, and I honestly think TCU is a lot better than Houston, but this is a team that, that they see SMU every single year. Uh, they're rivals in, in, in you know, whatever you want to the context of the word, right? And and then afterwards, I mean, luckily they get, they get a extra 
a couple days to prepare for for the next road game, which is at Memphis. And I think these games line up really in a difficult situation for uh, the Mustangs. Uh, and then for Memphis, they're going to be coming off of a, a Tulsa. They play at Tulsa. So they're going to be playing home. Uh, before that, uh, the October schedule for Memphis is looking tough at Temple, home against Tulane, at Tulsa, home against SMU. So, you know, they had to play to Tulane and SMU, but they get both of them at home. Now, I, I think that one of them will get them. Uh, I don't know if it will be Tulane or SMU, but I think one of them will get Memphis. I don't think Memphis, I mean, we're talking about a Memphis team that you know, people are saying are going to go undefeated. I think they'll get a one. Uh, I mean, last week they, they showed some cracks against Navy. Uh, and obviously against Ole Miss, they were you know, barely able to beat them, but they, they beat them. I mean, congratulations. So we'll see at that point in time. I would say that uh, if Tulane loses to Memphis, then I would take SMU. And if if, if, if Tulane beats Memphis, I would take uh, Memphis in that game. Uh, so honestly, I'm looking at it. SMU might only have one loss now. Uh, and then they play home against uh, East Carolina. I think they'll be they'll take care of them. Uh, they have a bye. Then they go on the road against Navy. Uh, they were able to beat Navy last year. Uh, they lost to them the year before. Uh, the year before that, uh, they they struggled. They have struggled with Navy in the past, but Navy uh, over the last couple years, I guess, uh, has struggled. Uh, they used to be, I wouldn't say a powerhouse, but they used to be a lot more of a like I was a lot more scared of Navy, like, oh, wow, this team could sneak up on someone. And they still can, but I would say that uh, SMU would get the win there. And then it would all come down to Tulane. That Tulane game is the last game of the season. Tulane has to go to Dallas, and I don't see – I mean, if, if Tulane only has one or two losses and SMU only has one – potentially two losses, probably not though, going into this game, it is going to be a barn burner. I would say, you know, bring college football game day there. Uh, it was going to be such a good game and it's scary. And I, and I think, I think we'll know it's really hard. Again, Memphis is one of those teams that is really hard to predict. I think I would say that SMU beats Houston and then loses to Memphis. And then uh, the, the Tulane game is really just up in the air. Uh, I want to see how Tulane plays away from home. Uh, a lot of their games have been played uh, in New Orleans. So you're like, uh, I mean, the only road game that they've had is Auburn and they played well, but you know, this week they're on the road against army. And so I want to see how they play there. I want to see how they play at Memphis at Navy. And if they're able to win on the road, then I won't see as much, but if they show on the road, that SMU game, SMU is looking really good. And we're talking about potentially a double digit win season for the Mustangs. Now I don't want to curse them uh, or I, I don't want to, you know, jinx them, I guess uh, another word, but congratulations to, to Sonny Dye and his coaching staff and just being able to uh, get a university. I understand that June Jones had, had success, but get this university back on track after Chad Morris uh, and really start pushing them in and becoming an American athletic power. Uh, obviously, there's multiple teams in the American Athletic Conference, and, and it kind of is like more for grabs more so than ever. I mean, UCF, they do have a loss against Pittsburgh. Uh, Cincinnati looks really good. Uh, Temple, I mean, beating Maryland looks good. We'll see how their season plays out. Tulane's looking good. Memphis is looking 
looking good. So there's a lot of good teams. It kind of reminds me of the Pac-12. A lot of good teams, and I and I'm hoping that they don't just beat each other up and and, and everybody ends up you know being nine and three. I hope we get a team that's eleven and one, a team that's ten and two, a team that's nine and three. Hope we have a little bit more uh, parity in that regard. Where, but also a little bit of a hierarchy, right? Because. I want to see an American athletic team. I would love to see uh, like this SMU team up against Boise State. I mean, I think that would be a great game or, or UCF against Boise, Cincy against Boise. Uh, if you want to even throw Hawaii in there. Uh, I know Hawaii has played SMU uh, over the past couple of years. I'd love to watch that game. And, uh, you know, that's just what we're rolling forward with. I mean, obviously, since he played really well against Marshall, I'd love to see SMU play Marshall and the Doc Holliday's team there. So really an interesting team. I hope you guys have enjoyed the Saturday special. Uh, a lot to cover. Uh, really impressive. Hey, they're still undefeated. Let's give it up for them. Uh, we're going to be covering some some more teams, obviously. Uh, like I said, uh, I've been working with two or three FCS teams. Hopefully, we can pull one of the coaches and put them on the Saturday special. If not, we're going to be going over teams that we've been impressed with in this 2019 season so i thank you guys for your time tell your family tell your friends about get the ball rolling have a wonderful week until next time well i guess until monday keep the ball rolling everybody